I don't want there to be any kind of awkwardness. Obviously, everyone is different and everyone's going to be open to sharing a different extents of different things depending where they are on their mental health journey. But yeah, like it's it's people first, you know, it's your well-being first. And you know, I've been through enough when it comes to my own mental health. I have prioritized work in the past um and you know over myself and that has led me to burnout and to depression and to suicidal tendencies. So I know how quickly you can slip. You're listening to the Wellness Warrior at Work podcast by Hika. In this space, we share real, practical and eye-opening stories and advice from human-focused leaders who've put employee health at the center of their organizations. We discuss everything from engagement and motivation to mental and emotional health so that you have the tools and inspiration you need to make a real impact on your employees' well-being. So whether your challenge is getting leader buy-in, a low budget, or navigating a global crisis, this podcast will show you that you're not alone and that nurturing a culture where everyone is happy and healthy at work is possible. So let's get to work. Grab a pen and paper, find a comfy sofa, and let's start designing the wellness-focused culture you've dreamed about. This is the Wellness Warriors at Work podcast. Hello everyone, I'm your host Alicia Sanchez and welcome to another episode of Hika's Wellness Warriors at Work podcast. Today we are joined by George Taktak, founder and CEO of How Mental, the mental movement on a mission to support everyone in prioritizing their mind. With a community of over 660,000 people on Instagram, the How Mental team knows a thing or two about how to create a culture of trust, inclusivity, and care. In this conversation, we discuss all things mental health. We look at what burnout actually is and how it is impacting employees in today's working environment. We explore how George takes care of the mental well-being of the team, their company culture, and ideas to encourage business leaders to open up about their mental health. Finally, we look at the challenges preventing people from accessing mental health support and potential solutions to overcome this. I'm so excited that you get to learn more about George in this interview, because in the short time I've known him, I've been deeply inspired by his authenticity and commitment to truly making a difference in the world. I'm sure that by the end of this episode, you'll be feeling like you want to make a difference too. Without further ado... This is George Taktak. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here too. <laughs> Amazing. So firstly, I'd love for you to tell me a bit more about what the culture is like at How Mental. I know you are a, a small but mighty team. So what makes the employee experience special? It helps to get a little bit of backstory, I guess. So when... Um, before I started How Mental, I used to work in big corporates. I used to work for Barclays, I used to work for Deloitte. And, um, and for me, the one thing that I wanted to do was really express myself as fully as possible and really bring the best out of myself. I always felt like when I was working in those companies, I was sort of put in this little box and given this little role and that was all I was meant to do. But um, I knew there was more to me and I knew that um, I could bring more to the company. And so with How Mental, I always wanted to create a culture where it brought the best out of people and allowed them to really, you know, find what, fi find what they wanted to do, express their own passion. So 
at how mental i think the 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 idea is that we're sort of radically open you know if you are enjoying something or not enjoying something you are absolutely like open to say that um we we want you to do something that you enjoy because that means that you're going to give it your best um so so that's the first thing so if at any point you feel like some kind of way about what you're working on you can change it um that's always possible uh the second thing is i guess we are we're not just ourselves like in terms of work mode like we really bring the personal aspect every single time you know i'm always talking about what happened in therapy like not all the time to the point where people are like actually like sick of it but you know like i'm i'm really happy to share what's going on with me how i really feel and i think you feel the vulnerability come through in every single member of the team and so that inspires other people to be vulnerable too um and when i say vulnerable i always like to kind of give the other side of it you know being vulnerable is actually very courageous so it's not just about being vulnerable and and you know like giving your weakness it's actually having the courage to express what you're really feeling and what's really going on with you because we are incredibly complicated multidimensional human beings and um and so it's and so we need to reflect that and we should reflect that so so yeah i would say it's about being able to constantly adapt um wherever you want to wherever you want to go and um and being able to be vulnerable and uh and speak openly among the team that is so amazing and i agree 100% about just allowing people to do what they enjoy and that would naturally just get the best out of people and whatever they do people are more creative even mm-hmm. and also that vulnerability simply connects it always does uh and that's just a great way to also build those bonds amongst teams mm-hmm. and i i wanted to address a challenge which i think is quite big when it comes to mental health so that's burnout what is burnout and how it is impacting employees in today's working environment yeah so good question big question um i think the the one thing that i like to bear in mind when it comes to terms in the mental health space is that they're always um a matter of subjectivity you know the way that i perceive burnout is different to how you perceive burnout to different to how everyone perceives burnout um even in, like that cuts across all terms so depression anxiety everything and so we always need to bear that in mind for me personally burnout is quite similar to overwhelm and um and it's and it's about essentially having being too frazzled by every single thing that's going on to the point where you are no longer able to replenish your own energy uh to be able to sustain yourself at work um in this particular context although it cuts across the board right when you're burnt out you don't just you're not just not able to work in the workplace you're not able to work in your family life you're not able to work in your pastimes so that burnout is really it comes down to a lack of energy um and uh and probably a lack of self-awareness it's huge mm-hmm. it's really i think it's symptomatic of the modern world to be honest because we are constantly being bombarded by things that are trying to take our attention so not only is work life really difficult because it is difficult it's always been difficult and it's always consumed a lot of our energy but the ways in which we have to meet certain goals and um and uh, actually live and exist in a world which is also trying to meet its own goals and t- and take our and take our attention and take our time and take our energy um is just an incredibly difficult balance to strike and so 
you know, and I think we're realizing a lot more about just how productive people can be in their roles. The idea of a sort of nine to five is, is breaking down, you know, people, firstly, everyone's different. So we all like function at different times in different ways. Um, and secondly, we're probably not going to be completely productive for the eight and a half hours a day, or in some places much longer. So it's really about um, understanding people and understanding you know, how they work and what they can bring and trying to make that relationship between employer and employee much more personal. Because if that person's not going to give um, you know, their 20, like their, their 100% energy um, five days a week full time, then why, let, then why make them do that? They're only going to end up resenting you. So actually burnout for me is, it's, it comes down to this, the self-awareness of the, the individual themselves, but also in terms of your relationship as an employer and employee, there's a lot you can do to uh, illuminate that and to prevent that. Yeah, I, firstly, I really love how you defined it because yes, I agree that is a very subjective term, but mm -hmm. simply the idea of it being not having enough time to replenish your energy I feel that that term itself can be flexible to different people. And what I see now is that many companies, they do promote, well, they say they're anti-burnout and doing all these things, uh, implementing all these initiatives. But sometimes it's more about just taking away the pressures. And that is what many companies don't do. They add all these things, but don't realize that people just need more time or like to reduce their workload, some time to reflect. I completely agree that there has to be that alignment and interaction between employer and employee. I think it's really, you know, like we're talking about replenishing energy and, and it can sound a little bit um, loose, but I think mm -hmm. it's really important for people to understand that burnout is, is real, you know? Like yeah. if you get to the point where you're not like able to replenish your energy, you become almost like, you become a shell of your former self. And um, if you haven't been through it, it's quite difficult to understand, but I do feel like, you know, everyone can understand it to a certain extent, but burnout, if it's not taken seriously, can last months and months, even a year, or I mean, like it, it could last however long because the, the pressure and the, um, and the intensity of what's happening to the individual as they start to lose their energy, they almost start to lose their identity. They start to forget why they're doing what they're doing in the first place. It could really easily tend towards any kind of mental health difficulty, whether it's anxiety, depression, anything else. So it's just really, really important that we, that we remember like what that feeling is because that feeling is not somewhere that you want anyone to go. And that actually really connects uh, to, to my next question, which is about how do you take care of your team, of the mental well-being of your team? So um, it kind of speaks to the first things that I mentioned around the culture. Like it is just embedded in, you know, the way in which we operate. We mm. are, um, we don't like, what, we want people to open up. We want people to share what they're really feeling. Um, we are not afraid of difficult conversations. You know, if you're not sure about um, anything from like, you know, what to post on Instagram to, you know, like you're not sure about your salary and you feel like you, like some, you need something to change. Like those are conversations that we want to have. And, you know, we're happy to have those, those difficult conversations. We're, we're always challenging each other in that regard. And, um, you know, we're still a business. We still want to like actually uh, move forward and be productive and get the best out of people. Um, but when it comes to taking care of people's mental health, like that is always the priority. 
you know, people are able to take days off, weeks off if they're not feeling it. Like it is fully up to them and we trust them. You know, we say like, if you're, if you're not feeling well, please like, just tell me because the main thing is like, I don't want my expectations to be let down by me thinking that you're going to be able to work. You don't want to, you don't want to disappoint me. So let's just be honest about it and say that. And that increases the trust. It increases the, the connection and uh, improves the relationship so much more. And people are more productive in the time that they do work. So, you know, it's, it, it works in every kind of way. Um, we start every meeting with asking people how they're feeling. Like that is just straight up. We never dive into work straight away. Like that is just impossible. Um, and I know when people, when pe people have had like meetings with me, we, we give like open feedback to each other and they're always like, George, you know, you're, you're just like, you're one of us, like you're, you're part of the team, you're part of the family. And that's, and that's how I really, uh, I really see it, you know, like I don't want there to be any kind of awkwardness obviously everyone is different and everyone's going to be open to sharing a different extents of different things depending where they are on their mental health journey um but but yeah like it's it's people first you know it's your well-being first and you know that's why our our slogan and everything that we talk about is always prioritizing your mind because you're a human being at the end of the day and you know i've been through enough when it comes to my own mental health i have prioritized work in the past um, and, you know, over myself and that has led me to burnout and to depression and to suicidal tendencies. So I know how quickly you can slip. And I'm not someone who ever thought like in the past that they would suffer from mental health problems. In fact, I always thought like, yeah, I'm great. I'm this, I'm that, um, you know, and for someone who works in mental health, like that's kind of, it's weird. Like, you know, even whilst I was working in it, I was like, but I am kind of like above all this and, and it's not true. And we fall prey to the, to the stereotypes of how we should be in this world and how we should be working all the time. And especially as an entrepreneur or as, as a CEO, I think that, you know, we, we need to be even more conscious because yes, we are responsible of other people, but to be responsible of other people, we need to be responsible of ourselves. So, um, so yeah, so, so start with yourself, be honest with other people. I tell people when I'm taking days off from, from my own mental health, no problem. And they see that vulnerability in me. And I think that they respect it. And, um, and that's beautiful. And I love that. So yeah, that's the kind of, that was a long, a long answer, but <laughs> no, I really loved it. So much value, so inspiring. And I think all our listeners will agree that that is very much a, a belief that can change the working environment as we know it, where companies, where there's complete trust and transparency between employers and employees and amongst colleagues, because although it seems like a very, you know, idealistic, optimistic, almost impossible culture to achieve we know it isn't and, and you totally have it and it's obviously it's more common amongst small companies but I feel that if people that you within recruitment if you constantly look for people that are aligned to your mission then it is possible to scale this up and maintain the same sort of culture so I definitely admire what you're doing that's that's great and you've sort of covered this a bit already, but my question is how can, now, now that our leaders uh, listening to this podcast are feeling very inspired by your answers, how is it possible to encourage leaders to open up? Because as we were talking about uh, before starting the recording, we know that 
all change starts at the top and that when people will see their own leaders opening up, it just gives them permission to open up as well. So what sort of advice would you give to really encourage leaders to, to be vulnerable themselves? This is, this is a really important question and um, it's one that we can easily forget about. I mean, I've consulted companies on how to integrate mental well-being and, you know, make their company culture something which is centered around well-being um, in the past. And I was never, I never stopped being shocked by the fact that people who were, you know, in different parts of the business all looked up to the CEO and, you know, the the sort of the managers and the, and the top tier of the, the executive team um, and the way that they acted. You know, we, as human beings, I guess, like there's something about us which like we, we reflect one another. And, um, and obviously when we're in a working environment, we're coming into a certain culture. So what is that culture and how do we really embody that in a way to actually get everyone around the business reflecting that same kind of culture? So firstly, I think that it comes to um, aligning genuinely aligning yourself with the culture of the business. If the culture of the business is not something that you want to align with, change it. You know, you can do that. Um, I know that it's, it seems like the, probably like the marketing team or, you know, some kind of internal team has been working on this thing for ages and you don't want to cross like any kind of boundaries because, you know, God knows you don't want to go back into that again. But I think as, as part of a, a small company right now, we are extremely nimble and adaptable and, you know, and, and even though like we actually don't have the number of people to kind of continue doing business at the same rate as I would like to, we still take the time to go back to the culture, to go back to the values and say, hey, do these still align with us? You know, because if they don't, we need to change them. And it doesn't really matter what else we're doing with the business, because that's all going to come from here. So that's the first thing I think is like to really align yourself with the, the, the business. The second thing I think is to um, really instill a sense of empathy for the people that you're around um, and for you know what it is you're doing and um, and just where you are right now. I think too often the work can turn into a very surface level thing, and you know we're going in to execute some tasks and to get shit done, and. Um, that sort of takes us out of the of the mindset of wellness. It takes us out of the mindset of you know the 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 greater thing, which is life and us you know existing on this world for a short period of time, and you know that being the the real reason why we care about our own well being, we care about each other's well being, and kind of seeing other people that we work with as as a sort of extended family. Um, and, and seeing that, you know, for, for us, we would, we want to, you know, we want to help our family. We want to be able to live a long life. We want to be able to love people. We want to be able to do all of these things. Everyone in your organization, yes, of course they are, um, you know, achieving certain tasks to meet a certain goal, to be able to make a certain amount of money, to be able to make a certain amount of impact, hopefully. Um, but they are still people. And so being able to kind of constantly, constantly, um, it's not easy, constantly come back into that sort of memory of this is the essence, you know, this is the essential, and that is that we're here and we, and we are not here for very long, and so we should make the most of our time here. 
um, and recognizing that other people are still on that journey with us. Uh, I think that is, is, is the most important thing. And so, you know, not beating yourself up for not doing that or not getting it right all the time comes after that because we are still human. We are still fallible. We will still make mistakes and we will still get angry or get stressed or whatever it is. Um, but as long as we're trying, other people can see that. And so, you know, embodying that for ourselves, um, really trying when it comes to other people, showing your humanity, being vulnerable and staying in touch with them and, and making them feel like they're on that journey with you, whether it's on a personal perspective or on a business perspective. I think communication is always the most important thing. I love it. I, I don't even think I have anything to add there. Like you said, it very much is a process that starts within and it has to start with that person because like you mentioned before if you don't really understand it it's a bit hard for you to then transmit that to others or even like accept it accept that vulnerability mm. uh, from others because it can come across as a weakness if you don't practice you know what what you preach basically so i 100% agree that there has to be that alignment and ultimately it's about really mostly unconditioning yourselves from all these layers that we tend to put on top of ourselves and just being human. It's, it's quite simple, actually. It's just about being yourself, but we just make it seem so hard often. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you said. And my final question is, what do you see as the main challenge preventing people from accessing mental health support? And how can, with, you know, within a work environment, how can leaders overcome this? Mm. so this speaks to a lot of what we do at how mental like for sure because that's like our entire our, ent our entire company is built around the idea that mental health support is out there but it's hard to access because of certain reasons we're not we're not taught to to ever prioritize our mental well-being and so that often means that we won't take care of ourselves until things really go wrong and so as an organization, we need to be able to actually uh, educate people in a way where they were not educated in the past, but because we know how important it is that they are taking care of themselves, we need other people to actually know and learn about um, why mental well-being is important and why it's not just important when once they burned out, but it's important as a continuous thing that they are taking care of. So. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is we don't want to be called crazy. You know, we don't want to be seen as someone who is looking for support. We're too individualistic. We're too proud. We're too all of this. So, so really trying to come back out of that. And, and as a, as a community, as an organization, um, sharing on an authentic level that support is absolutely normal. I mean, the company itself wouldn't exist if it was just one person trying to do everything. So we need other people to help us do things. And of course we need other people to help us with our own well-being. you know? So, so, so that's the second thing. And then I think the third thing is um, that support itself is often not easy to access because financially it's not uh, possible to access. And also there are long waiting lists, long, long, long lines. So um, as an organization, you want to be able to actually uh, try and help people on a financial level to access services on a, um, on a direct level, like, you know, being able to help people find it and, and access it straight away, um, on a systematic level. Um, 
making that process as easy as possible for people is 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 the key yeah and that i guess concept of the company being the one that educates the people on how important their mental well-being is i think is the way forward right mm. for leaders to have that belief so embedded within you know the culture that people come to this company and it not only serves as a way to work um, but also serves as a place where they feel more accepted and more able to share their authentic selves so i think that that is you know what, what we should all aim for but thank you so much george i enjoyed this conversation so much i think you've delivered so much value and i really hope that whoever is listening to this will will go out and start making a change whatever it looks like for them sometimes it's just even about a change within like we discussed throughout this interview but really for it to spark some some sort of transformation within the very task focused workplace we we are used to where business always comes before mental well-being i think that this really has the power to transform the world as we know it so thank you so much for delivering such great value thank you so much alicia i mean like yeah like i have to say like the if there's one thing that people could take away it's exactly what you said like it's we should prioritize we have to prioritize people and their well-being over the work yeah. and that seems really like uh, a scary thing to do yeah. but that is the way that it's going to flow much better so uh, so yeah I'm with you really? thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure I don't I don't I feel like you know it's not often that I get to speak with someone who you know really understands it in the same way that you do but I just feel that kind of energy I feel that kind of knowledge so you know thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for yeah just uh, for doing what you do that was definitely one of my favorite interviews in the show so far and I'm sure that like me you'll walk away from this episode feeling committed to prioritizing both your mental health and also the mental health of the people around you. I wanted to highlight three main points from the conversation. Firstly, I found George's definition of burnout extremely useful. It can be helpful both to identify burnout when you're experiencing it and also to better understand what others may be going through. In case you missed it, George said burnout happens when we are frazzled to the point when we are no longer able to replenish our own energy. This not only has an impact on our performance, but can even impact our identity. Second, I also love that meetings at How Mental start with everyone sharing how they are doing, but not in the traditional good and you sort of ritual we are used to. Employees are open, honest and vulnerable, and that serves to really strengthen connections, as well as inspire others to be open about how they feel. And finally, as leaders who prioritize employee mental health, I completely agreed with George in that the best thing we can do is make it as easy as possible for our team to access support. This involves covering part or all of the costs if possible, providing flexible time for employees, and facilitating access to useful and trustworthy resources that can help. At HECA, we understand the importance of supporting mental health and how difficult it is for leaders to find something which really works for everyone. To truly foster mental health inclusivity in the workplace, our hand-picked portfolio of experiences is designed to support individuals whether they want to talk, be still, 
listen or use mindful movement to cope with their mental health. If you're interested to find out more about Hika's solutions for mental health at the workplace, please check out the links in the podcast description below. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, share it with your friends, and stay tuned for more insights and stories from wellness warriors at work.